Verbatim 907 with Jess Gann. Here we go. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman of the Western Huntsman Podcast coming at you from the Broken Tine Studio in Hayden, Idaho. How you guys doing this week? It's the week of the 15th, 2021. Uh, glad you guys are tuning in. I got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about baiting bears and hunting bears and uh, all this stuff from uh, my new friend Jess Gann up in Alaska who owns a company called Batum907. It's a super interesting conversation. I think you guys are going to dig this one. So uh, we'll, we'll get rolling with that here in just a minute. I do want to acknowledge that, yes, I know the episode this week is a bit late, and I apologize for that. Yesterday was my uh, my youngest daughter's 10th birthday, and so I uh, did not do anything work-wise. I didn't do anything in the studio. I uh, just uh, kind of spent the day with her. So I apologize uh, that the episode was late there, but uh, we're we're here now, and we are enthusiastic as ever. Hey, thanks everybody, by the way, who tuned in last week and wrote in all your uh, trivia response questions. We had a ton of responses on that one, uh, and like I said, I don't have any kind of like um, answer to to offer on that because it's going to vary. Uh, depending on where you're at. But uh, what I will say is there was some surprising answers as to how a lot of you go about bear hunting and ba- uh, whether you're baiting or spotting stock or calling and, and uh, different bear populations in different states. Uh, I had no idea there was that many damn black bears in British Columbia. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> so uh, thanks guys up in up in Canada who responded. That's, that's pretty cool. It's cool hearing from you guys, you know. So um I really appreciate all that, but I don't have a lot to go off in this intro for this week. I want to get right into the interview with Jess, and I, uh, other than I do want to say that you guys that are, you know, members of different organizations, uh, whether it's Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or, or whatever, um, try to keep them in mind this winter, this with COVID-19 and the coronavirus, uh, they are not having the ability in most cases to, you know, do their banquets and their normal fundraising efforts. And it's making it a little tough on them. And so I just kind of wanted to raise that, uh, raise that point and uh, hopefully make you guys aware. Uh, if you haven't like renewed your memberships, uh, Phil, you, and if, if you're in a position, obviously, I don't want to like push that too hard on you, but you know, if you're in a position to renew your memberships, or maybe you're not a member of some of these organizations, make sure you uh, you get that membership dialed in. Uh, there's there's a lot of um, need out there for organizations like this, and you guys have seen lots of the anti-hunting, anti-trapping uh, bullshit legislation that we've been, just been getting hammered with this winter. I don't know, like I just didn't expect this, but it's coming in everywhere in every every direction. 
um, we need these organizations because they are, so to speak, the lobbyists for us. You know, we have all our day jobs and our families and, and all the stuff that we're trying to take care of. And, you know, go, going about our daily lives and just counting down the days till hunting season. Well, while we're doing that, these anti-hunting organizations are making a push to increase how many regulations are out there or change the laws or flat out ban hunting or trapping in, in certain zones or states or, or whatever the case is. Uh, we need these organizations that have full-time people that are out there helping us and watching that and, and sending people to fight for us when we're not able to do that. We do what we can here from the show, right? But, um, you know, these organizations, the, the biggest thing that they need, these are nonprofit organizations and they need the funding. They, they, I can't tell you how badly they need the funding. The one that really surprises me is the Foundation for Wildlife Management. With as much support as we have in the state of Idaho, I'm just talking to the Idaho folks for a minute, uh, as much support as we have in the state of Idaho for for wolf management and and the the general consensus and and thought process of getting these wolf numbers down, it surprises me that we don't have more members in the organization Foundation for Wildlife Management because that is the only thing those guys work on. So if you're not a member of the Foundation for Wildlife Management, I I would urge you to uh, get signed up and become a member. They they can really use you. Either even if you are not a wolf hunter or a wolf trapper, you're more along like like me who just loves mule deer and hunting elk and hunting uh, whitetail and and other ungulates throughout the state. Uh, and we've seen the problem that wolves have created. Uh, pay the $35 membership because that goes a long ways towards the people that are out there and have the ability and, and uh, the know-how to get these wolves either trapped or hunted and, and uh, tagged. And and that's what we need. We, I'm just being, you know, you guys know it and I know it. We That's what we need and they need our help. Other organizations are out there uh, and they all need our help. So I know it's been a tough year. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long, uh, I know a lot of you are struggling financially. So, uh, you know, certainly don't, sit there and try to make a choice between feeding your kids or, or buying a membership to, to one of the organizations. But if you do have the means and, and it's, uh, you know, it's feasible for you, I would, I would urge you, maybe you just forgot, uh, jump on there, renew or buy those memberships. Cause it, it does, it goes a long way. So hopefully that helps them. All right. Enough on that topic guys. Uh, in this episode, I am talking with, uh, like I told you, Jess, um, Jess Gann, and she is originally from Idaho and as a kid relocated up to Alaska. And uh, I can't remember. We talk about how long ago it was, but somewhere 15, 20 years ago, uh, her and her husband got into bear hunting big time. And uh, now they're just like obsessed with it, you know, um, in a good way. And they started a company. She started a company called Batum 907. And she creates and manufactures different kind of bear baits and scents and and uh, you need to check out the website, actually, because, I mean, there's all sorts of cool stuff. There's also uh, lures for, like, uh, trapper, trappers. Um, all that kind of stuff is available on that website. I would urge you to jump on there and check that out. She was cool enough to even give us a promo code if you guys want to order something off the Batum 907 website. So that promo code is Huntsman10, and that'll save you 10% off, and you get, you get free shipping. It's a hell of a deal. And just so you guys know, like, that's not some formal you know, sponsorship to the show or anything. She's not going to give me a commission every time you guys use that code. I get nothing out of it. It was just a way to help her with her business. It's a great business. It's a great company with a cool story. 
and uh, she's offering this 10% discount to you guys, the listeners of the Western Huntsman. So uh, that's kind of how that works. Hopefully you take advantage of that if you're going bear hunting this year and you're in an area where you can bait and you want to try baiting or using scents. Um, there's a there's a lot of different ways that we talk about in this episode that you can take advantage of those products and hopefully help you be more successful uh, with spring bear just kind of knocking on our, on our, on the door right now, kind of nipping at the heels. It's coming up quick, and we are already more than halfway through February, and that's a good thing because February – For some reason, other than my daughter's birthday, I hate February. Man, I I just don't like, it's so like dreary and cold and obnoxious and like you're getting close to turkey season, right? But it's not quite there. (laughs) It teases you. Uh, Anyway, this is going to be a fun conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Let me know what you think at Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the show if you like it and tell your friends about it if you like it. We've seen some crazy growth this last uh, since since about Christmas. It's just really exploded, and that's uh, that's been fun, uh, really cool. Um, real happy hearing from everybody out there. So I appreciate all the support you guys are giving the show. Can't say that enough. Uh, I I am confident I have the best audience in the entire hunting community um, because I, I I talk to other people that that you know they get all this negative feedback and and, and these things and. Uh, I, you guys are just super nice to me. So I don't know why. I don't know why. I deserve some negative feedback here and there, but uh, you guys have been great. So I appreciate that. Let's get on with it with Jess Gann. Enjoy this conversation. Let me know what you think, and we'll talk to you soon. I've got uh, Jess Gann on the phone, and we are going to be talking about baiting bears. She owns a company called Baitum907, and she came highly recommended to me. And I know that there's a lot of you that have uh, reached out to me and and were pretty enthusiastic when I mentioned we were going to get her on the show and talk about this topic. And it couldn't be better timing because here we go. It's uh, middle of February or so. And we got spring bear coming up, so I'm pretty excited about this conversation. So, Jess, thanks a bunch for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jim. So, I am uh, I'm super intrigued with uh, with your company, and you know, we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and and a little bit of, uh, about what you do, and I want I want the audience to get a really good understanding of that, uh, and some of your tips in terms of bear hunting. You're up in Alaska, and so that's like you know the mecca of bear hunting. Uh, so I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd have to think you know what you're doing, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I can I can literally walk you through any scenario. Well, what it, you need to do, what you what you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I want to talk about, especially for this okay. would be perfect too, because for me, I've never baited bears. Um, I heard. <laughs> and so I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing that this year. It's going to be my first time baiting. Um, I'm still going to you know try to try the calls every once in a while and stuff, but. Uh, pretty well, you excited. can call while you're sitting too. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the kind of stuff I want to talk about. I think that's uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty cool. So, um, Jess, why don't we start? How about let's kick us off. Give us a little bit of uh, your background. Tell us where you're from and how you ended up in Alaska, and um, you know everything, a little history on it, and we'll go from there. So I'm actually from Idaho. We moved up here when I was four years old, so my dad could work on the pipeline. I knew that's and, why. Uh, I knew there was a reason why I liked you right off the bat. Oh, I love my Idaho guys. But uh, 
so we moved up here 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. My dad went to work up north in the oil fields. My husband works up there now. So, uh, yeah, so this business got started when I met my husband. And about 15 years ago, he came up from Wisconsin and, you know, he's like, hey, let's try and feed some bears. And I was like, I'm not all about bears. Like, I'm terrified of bears. <laughs> and uh, like back in the day, you know, when I was a single mom, I used to ride a motorcycle. We used to, Shania and I, my my daughter at the time, or my daughter, she uh, would ride on the back and we would just road trip this whole state and fish. Oh, so wow. I knew where all the fishing holes were, but I didn't know where to find bears. You know, I'd, I'd seen maybe a handful my whole, you know, what, 28 years before I met my husband. And then it's like, once I met him, he's like, oh, there's a bear over there. I'm like, what do you mean? There's no bears out here. Oh yeah, there are. So yeah, he started pointing them out real quick. But so was he? Yeah, was so, he hunting in? Did you say he was from Wisconsin? Wisconsin, yeah. Was so he, he hunting was from bears Cedar Grove. out there? He didn't hunt bears. He uh, hunted deer. Oh, a lot gotcha. of deer. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. But that's that's how you know I I got into hunting was with my husband. And so, so. nowadays, are do you you obviously I would assume you hunt more than just bears. Uh, we hunt, well, I'm not a fan of moose until this past year. So, um, when I was young, my dad, you know, it was back in the eighties, it was nothing for, you know, my dad to go out and get a moose, but he would let it hang too long till it turned green. Mm. So every time I ate moose, I got sick. And in my adulthood, I was like, I don't even touch that. But recently we've had customers and friends, you know, that are like, Hey, you got to try my moose. It's great. So you know, we've got packs of, packs of meat in the freezer. And so I would give it a try. And then I was like, oh, this is getting good. And then somebody gave us some black, uh, blacktail sick of deer, you know, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so, but bears, black bear is my favorite. I just tried your favorite, bear. like your favorite, uh, wild favorite game meat. meat. Oh, meat. Oh, yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I love black bear meat, but I don't really care for the Prince William sound bears because they eat that, that grass, that skate grass. Mm-hmm. And it's just got a different flavor to it. But okay. my interior, you know, South central bears. Yeah, they're great. And what, what part of Alaska are you in? I'm in Wasilla, which is 40 miles North by road. Um, Cause you got to go around all the, the rivers, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like 15 minutes North of Anchorage by flight. Okay, so you're you're just north. I, I've got another buddy that has been on the show, and we were talking bear hunting too. Greg Landis, mm-hmm. uh, he was on last spring. Oh yeah, you, yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I know him very well. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He he's was. In, uh, he's in Sterling. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Kenai area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked. We talked bear hunting a little bit uh, last year, and uh, we still talk quite a bit. Uh, you know, mainly over text messages and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. great guy. So. Um, yeah, I got a funny story about him. Oh yeah. Well, share it. Share <laughs> I it. do. Let's dig up so some dirt. He, yeah. So he, uh, he's one of those, I only use molasses and dog food kind of guys. And he wasn't really in, in descent. So, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta try guys sometimes like, Hey, um, Hey, give me a chance. So I called him and I was like, Hey, give me your address. He's like, what for? I was like, I'm going to send you something. So he was like, I don't need any of your, your, your snake oil. <laughs> so <laughs> it was quite funny, but I'm like, just give it a chance. So I found this molasses and I was like, man, this stuff is so strong. You're going to love it. So he hadn't had any beers on his bait. He went and put this, he wanted a tar. Cause I said, I, I got it in such and such products. So he wanted this bear tar and I was like, just try it. So I sent it to him 
And within four days, he had the biggest black bear he'd ever seen down there on his bait. No kidding. And it literally tore up his ground blind. So he told me I owed him a ground blind. And I was like, <laughs> no, you shouldn't have gotten it on your hands and then touched your ground blind. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. But, that's funny. Yeah, he, yeah, he loves the tar. But that's all he'll use. He won't use the spray, but mm -hmm. he's a trapper as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I know. yeah, I got him under the trapping stuff <laughs> that he, I sell. He's promised me a couple times to take me uh, moose hunting up there. I'm gonna hold him to it. Oh, he, he's an amazing guy, and he'd be a great, great person to go with. My, you know, my biggest yeah. hesitation with that, and it might sound crazy to some people in the audience, but um, I, I'm hesitant to do it because it's right in the middle of uh, September elk season here, which is like, what, oh yeah, you know, what makes my my clock tick. So uh, right. I, I've been super hesitant with that, but. I, I'd do it. I, eventually, I'm going to do it. So whether it's with Craig oh, or should. somebody, but um, actually, before we go any further, let, uh, what for people that don't know, what is Batum 907? I do bear attractants. I do moose lures, which are mainly urines out of Canada, and I also do trapping lures. Okay. So and all of the so I started with bear bait and sense attractants, um, but once the guys started using the bear bait. I noticed wolverines were coming in and then all of a sudden they had Martin and, you know, the lynx would come in. And so it was quite interesting because they're like, hey, you know, you've got a great bear product, but you really should venture off into trapping lures. And I'm like, no, that that shit stinks. But here I am. <laughs> can you guys <laughs> you know? can you bait wolves in Alaska? You can bait wolves. Oh, yes. OK. Yeah, I don't think we can. Yes. We can't here. You I can run. You can run bait piles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just a, and this, but, this just, Oh, go ahead. I cut you off there. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. So mainly that's how people do it up here is with a bait pile. With a bait and pile. Pissing, yep. Pissing posts work too. So yeah, yeah. They're very yeah. territorial. Huh. Yeah. I just, I just found out where I'm trapping. There's about a 10 to 12, uh, numbered pack out there. So, so are, are you trapping wolves? No. Okay. <laughs> I do this. So my husband works two on two off on the North Slope in in, in uh, Alaska here. But um, yeah, so I run a line by myself for two weeks, and I'm like, I, I don't even want to be that close to him, really. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm just. I have no problem baiting a, a a bait station by myself. I know. Well, like I I would be a lot more afraid of a big old grizzly bear than I ever would a wolf. Yeah, grizzly bears up here, they typically don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I it just there's a ton of questions I have about like, okay, you got you guys you guys meet, he's like your husband's like, let's go find some bears. Uh right. you get you get like interested in that, you find a few bears and what, you guys were sitting around a campfire and you're you're like, you know what? I'm gonna make a bear attractant. How did that come about? So it's just mixing concoctions. And then I was like, I ended up doing these scent balls and everybody was like, hey, all his buddies are like, hey, I want one. Hey, I want one. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do it for free. And then, you know, going through trying to figure out what works best. And, you know, there's some really crappy scents out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like I, I try to find the most potent thing on the market. So and then I have an additive to add to it that makes it even stronger. Like the um, secret sauce kind of thing, you can't share what it is. It is a, it's a secret chemical. So oh, okay. like 
I, we, Steve's daughter went to uh, Stanford U- University in California there, and she was like, hey, you got to add this to your product. So I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> That's a pretty nice end. <laughs> like, yeah, so wow. she had the chemistry for it. But um, yeah, so she sent me this, and I was like, oh, geez, you know, and it's readily available. So I was like, hey, perfect, even better. So anyway, I was like, I'm not going to do this for free, guys. So they started paying me, and then I'm like, well, this doesn't even co- cover my time. You know, yeah. and like a scent ball, I touch like 11 times. It's insane. And yo-yos, I they're like 20 plus times that I touch those things. So, you know, it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. So I started charging his buddies and then they're like, oh, you should sell these on Craigslist. So I was like, all right. So I put it out on Craigslist. I don't know. It was a couple of days later. I ended up getting a call from this um, store up here and they have like 10 stores in Alaska. So I was like, sure, I'll make them. And then all of a sudden I got a call from Sportsman's Warehouse and they're like, Hey, would you like to come and, you know, sell your products at our store? I'm like, hell yeah. But, you know, with the merger this year, we we decided to walk away. So. Oh, interesting. That's badass. Yeah. So, okay, you, you you started making the attractants. They were working, obviously, and it just kind of like uh, grew it super yeah, like it organically. Like, it's not like you were out there seeking that kind of stuff. No. And it was funny because my first guy off Craigslist, he literally walked into my apartment and he was like, you are on to a mega business. Hmm. And I was like, nah, not that. I'm I, I'm as busy as I want to be. Like, you know, I had a daughter with a brain injury and I was like, you know, I don't I don't really want to be too busy. And then, you know, we got got her all healed up and back to normal again. And then I was like, oh, game on. You yeah. know, so, yeah, it was great. How cool is that? It was a blessing, actually. It was a really. Well, really it sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like it and, for sure. And throughout the years, it's like. You know, I've always donated to our veterans, our kids hunts. You know, that's really near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. is that, you know, you got to be able to pay it forward because so many people have paid it forward to me in my past. So, you know, it's like I always enjoy being nice to people. Man, I, I wish there was more people out there that had that kind of philosophy because I, I have a lot of respect for that. And uh, I think that's super cool. Um, right. So in I, so I'm on your website here and. Like you were, like you were saying, now at this point, uh, you've got this company. We've got bear attractants, uh, moose lures, trapping lures, trapper knives. Um, I, oh, nope, I did. I clicked it right. Okay, so we've got all sorts of options here. On There's one more coming. <laughs> another like a, a bear attractant mm-hmm. kind of thing. No, it's a fish attractant. Oh, really? It's coming out next month. Yes. Are you serious? You're gonna attract a yep. fish? What kind oh of yes, we've attracted we halibut, pike, and silvers, kings. I need I need a bull elk attractant. You working on that? <laughs> we, our our <laughs> elk are way out on the islands, so it, it'd be hard to field test that unless I just send it to Idaho for all you guys. Well, send it to me. I'll I'll try it. Yeah. No, I, I, so are you allowed to use urine in your state? Uh, I don't know. Uh, for are you oh, talking okay. for wolves or for? No, for elk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can use those okay. kind of uh, scents. Uh, you can't bait okay. for for any kind of ungulate, and you can't. That's why I was asking about wolves because you can't bait for wolves. But I'd have to clarify whether or not uh, you can use some kind of urine or or scent attractant on wolves. Um, I I'd look it up, but I'm already nervous about my internet because of the snowstorm going on right now. Uh, but mm. so I, I that's where we're at. We could you know trap. Okay. You can you can bait bear. Uh, bears are pretty much the only big game species that you can bait in the state of Idaho. 
Um, and I'm not sure about other states. I, I just, I'm not super in tune with, with what state has what law and, and, and whatnot. So I know I love it when people call and they ask me about regulations and I'm like, I don't hunt your unit. So I don't know. I know. I can read the whole book. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The, the, there could be huge differences just across state lines and, and there's just no way you, it would have to be a full-time job to keep up with all the regulations in every state and every zone and every unit and every you know county, uh, it's just too much. So I just I only do it like if I get a tag in a different state that I'm not familiar with uh, for that particular zone or unit or whatever, then I'll I'll do some homework and research. But uh, other than that, right. I just don't because I get the same questions. They're like, hey, do you know anything about you know unit such and such in Wyoming kind of thing? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I fished <Yeah>. there once. <laughs> you right. Know? That's how I feel. I've been there once. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I've been, I've been, I've spent a lot of time in Wyoming, and I love Wyoming, but I've, I've only hunted one unit, and I've uh, only fished the rest of the state, and so, and I'm just mm-hmm. as an example, you know, it could be, I don't care what state it is. So, um, now this is a, this is an interesting concept here for, for me, and I kind of give us, give us like your, your 30 second commercial or your pitch as to why Batum 907 bear attractants are, are better like than any of the competitors out there. I don't know my competitors. You don't know them? <laughs> no. Man, you just, you're just going at it, no. man. Yeah, I mean, it's no, just I've going had, though. I've had, I've had a couple run-ins with um, some competitors that had problems with me, but you know, like a, a particular one in Wisconsin, you know, he told me, Hey, Hey little girl, you better stay on the porch. Cause you can't run with the big dogs. And this was 15 years ago. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm still going and you've sold, sir. Yeah. So. Like uh, tell what, what kind of reaction do you have when somebody says something along those lines? I don't, I don't really get all worked up about it because it doesn't pay. You yeah. know, I have my client base, they have theirs. I'm never going to get a hundred percent. I'm okay with that. I'll work on my 30%. And I'll treat my 30% right. And then when I treat somebody right, the way I would want to be treated, they're going to go out and it's all word of mouth. I advertise nowhere. That's awesome. Um, and that's how I found you was through word of mouth. We were talking about Scott right. Schmid. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. that's initially, that's how I, I found out about Batum 907. So, right. um, yeah, he's a great guy. So you... you uh, uh, manufacture all of this, like you have just a, a warehouse or you do it at home or, or kind of thing or how do you... I, I have a three car garage. <laughs> and, so, and that's where you manu- manufacture everything and package everything. All and all that. Yep. Gosh, yeah, yep. I do it busy. all. Do you have any employees? Yeah. So no, wow. no, I do. I, there's days where I work 20 hours a day and just get a nap. So, um, but that was with sportsman's warehouse. So this, this year might be a little different, which so, I'm, I'm, I'm welcome to it. What um, what was your hesitation with that with the change that they're that being acquired by Bass Pro Shops? So their insurance prices and whatnot, their contract, the fine print went up 225 percent. But I can't justify my wholesale going up 225 percent because then I would have to pull from my my online clients and not offer free shipping. So yeah. I offer free shipping on orders over $50 and mm. getting stuff out of Alaska is not cheap. Getting it here is not cheap, but I didn't yeah. feel it was fair. You know, so I was like, it, it doesn't pay, hmm. doesn't pay. And I don't really like corporate anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. On <laughs> There's that. a lot just, of bureaucracy. Exactly. A lot of politics and backroom right. bureaucracy kind of bullshit. And 
Yeah, right. for sure. So, uh, so I'll just stay a little. I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're doing pretty good. I mean, you selling I do very into, well. into multiple states and probably into Canada as well, right? Oh, absolutely. I've sold to every every state there is. Even though they don't have bears, I know they're going somewhere else to hunt bears. But like when I get something for Texas, I'm like, this isn't for bears. This is for hogs. You know, I got all sorts and of crazy are, stuff in Texas. All the exotic animals, and maybe they're baiting them in. Right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what you use it for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well that that's a good way to kind of transition into the. Um, I want to talk some bear hunting. I I always try to put okay. it into under the guise of like let's let's talk to as if we're talking to some beginner, which is perfect because I, I I'll be a beginner bear baiter. Um, mm-hmm. you know what? F- first of all, what do you recommend in terms of just locating bears? knowing where to set your bait pile or, or barrel or, or whatever, uh, and, and give us kind of your synopsis, your strategy uh, in, the, in the very beginning. First thing I look for is water. There has to be a water source around wherever. Um, how how so, close? How close to water are we talking? Uh, you don't want them traveling too far because then they'll, they could potentially pick up a different bait, you mm-hmm. know, so um, – you know, I like to find like tributaries or uh, I like to, and I'll, I'll explain my baits situation here in a minute. But um, I like to find corridors where you think they're traveling through. So, um, you know, I, if you want to be on a ridge, you can be on a ridge. If you want to be down low, it doesn't matter. Like there's people that set a bait clear. And I know this happens a lot in Idaho is they set a bait across the canyon and then they sit on the opposite side of the canyon. So they're watching that. They're glassing that whole area. So, you know, I just like that there's there has to be water around because okay. if you fill up on junk food, the first thing you want is a glass of water. And when our bears come in, you know, they'll eat for a little bit and then they'll walk over to this drainage and then they'll they'll kind of sit there for about 10, 15 minutes and then they'll come back and eat again. But they're not used to this kind of food. Mm-hmm. You know, the the grains, the dog food, the popcorn, whatnot, the candies, whatever. So. You know, you just want them to settle their stomach and come back in. And they typically do. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you want to look for sign. And that could be rubbed trees. It could be hair, you know, scat, of course. But um, a good good area is like somewhere around berries, you know, berry bushes that are they're there, but they're not on yet. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because we're talking like tough. I'm talking about spring. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. spring, spring, you got the snow on the ground if you're not if you're not familiar with the area previous, you know, now you got snow to contend with and whatnot. But um, like up here, our bears don't really start moving until the first week of May. And a lot of people, they, they, you know, a big question that I've gotten and I've had to respond, like, I have no clue, buddy. (laughs) Um, Okay. They, I I get this question a lot. Like, are you suggesting, you know, the initial bait is as popcorn or dog food or what, what is that before we start talking about the, the attractants that you have? So our bait is dog food. It's protein based. Mm -hmm. It keeps them there. They fill up on it and they come back for it. So there's people up here who, who use popcorn. There's people up here that use, um, you know, uh, what is that stuff? Cobb. Yep, so yep. with molasses and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, and there's in our area, cob doesn't work. Our grizzly bears don't like it. They'll stomp it into the ground. Really? And then up here, we have to re- remove all contaminated soil. So oh, you're geez. digging. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. So we haven't used that for shit 10 years. 
So you're, but you personally, you you'll use the the dog food. Oh yeah. And like that, because so it we seems have, super expensive to me. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we pay, I think, twenty three dollars a bag for fifty pounds, and we go through. You know, it's easy to go through probably fifteen hundred pounds. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's and that's not imagine. baiting. And is I'm only on, baiting half the time. Is that on one setup? That's one bait, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we have Grizz, so they'll they'll devour the whole the whole bait can. But we have come up with a gravity fed system in our bait or in our 55 gallon drum. Uh-huh. My husband cut um, the lids out of 50 uh, off of 55 gallon drums and then shrunk them down to fit inside. And you kind of angle them in with a half moon notched out of the back, so it's like gravity fed. They, oh, and you yeah. keep it off That's the bottom. A good idea. Yeah, so they cut the half moon in the bottom of the barrel where the bottom is, uh-huh. and they have to scoop in, and then it's it's a slower feeding system, which is cheaper. Yeah, that'll save you a little money, right? Yeah, especially with the cubs. I mean, they'll they'll hang around all day. It, it, this and this brings up kind of a, a, a kind of off topic question, but in Alaska, you've got when you when you set your barrel out, you have to worry about both grizz and black bear coming in. Is that is that right? Yes. And so when yes. are they in season at the same time or? Yes. Are you? So you mean hunting season or like mm-hmm. yeah. breeding? No. Season, okay. Hunting, yeah, hunting season. season. Yep. Yeah. It it opens at the same time, but their different units close at different times. Like the the unit that I hunt, 16B, it is open from April 15th until October 15th. Oh, geez, so there's super long seasons. Right. There's a there's a three or three or four week window where it closes down for Grizz, but Black Bear is open the whole time. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So, but there's other units that are open to Grizz over bait, but they close May 31st. And do the, do you find like the Grizzlies come in and push the Black Bears out? So typically, if a Grizz comes in, a Black Bear will wait. They it's not like them they run them off. I don't see that in my area. But, you know, they'll they'll sit out there for a little while. Gotcha. And they'll just wait for the grizz to move on. Hmm. But on the camera, they're back within 20 minutes. Or, you know, you can see them out there in the thicket sitting, waiting. Yeah. They're just hanging. Yeah. Waiting for, yep. for the big old grizz to get his feel, and then they come in. Well, the grizz in our area are usually cells with cubs. So, hmm. yeah. We're, we're in a black bear corridor, but we're also in a sow, a grizz sow with cub corridor. God, so would, it can get pretty hairy. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say that, that that would get pretty western pretty quick. It sounds like I, I don't know, we <laughs> yeah. we have we have some grizz up in this area where where I'm at, but uh, nothing like the numbers of, in Alaska, obviously. Right. Um. Yeah. But but yeah, they just they just. I've seen. Go ahead. I've seen more grizz than I have black bear. Have you really? So, oh yeah, yeah, they're they're everywhere up there. Yeah, I don't want well, I don't want to hunt that area. You know, you're, well. You, are you in a ground blind or are you in like a tree stand or something? <laughs> At first, we were in a wooden ground blind. <laughs> that would make me freaking but we, nervous. We cha- yeah, we changed it up. And then we went to a platform with a ground blind on top, uh-huh. uh, just a fabric one that we could carry in because we hunt off the river. Um, and then now we're in tree stands again. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That, that would get pretty spooky. Um, well, there's, there's a nine and a half foot. Uh, pro- I don't know. He's huge. But he uh, he's out there about four miles east of us, and we've we've seen him on camera 
of our friends and it's like holy shit that's a big one but it's like you literally look at your tree stand and you're like i'm not high enough like i'm i'm just not mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's what i would be thinking yeah, yeah I'd, that I'd, be a, bore, I'd be at the top of the tree yeah that boar ended up um my buddy shot uh about a seven footer grizz uh-huh. and the, his buddy shot the same night he shot like a seven five and that bear, they he they knew he was out there because he was making racket. So they were like, oh, we're just going to get out of here, let him lay. And so they came back in the next day, and that bear had both carted, carted both those bears off and had them on camera. I was like, <gasps> yeah. That's he crazy. threw that seven and a half foot grizz around like a rag doll. Uh-huh. And he just like, carted them off. <laughs> yeah, both of them. That's so nuts. he took them and cashed them somewhere. Yeah. Freaking nuts. Yeah, I don't want to. Hunt yeah, just that four miles east. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, but yeah, I, I, I mean, to hunt, to hunt, to be a serious hunter, you gotta, you gotta have a pretty, you know, serious level of of comfort around bears and and uh, you know, like like I was saying, there's there's grizz around where I'm at, but I mean, we're talking one every hundred square miles or something crazy. Like I can't remember what the ratio was. There's just, the point is, is there's just not very mm-hmm. many. And so, and you guys have more maulings than we do. Yeah, we do. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know what the difference is. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's usually a hunter that stumbles upon a, a, a grizzly with, with cubs, a sow with cubs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had somebody mm-hmm. on the show, Bob, he, he, that happened to him in Montana. They were, they were hunting and, uh, you know, there's snow on the ground. So they're just moving super quiet in on an elk herd right. and, and, you know, they look up and here comes mama grizzly bear. Uh, and, right. uh, it got him, got him pretty good. So, you know, you know, it's just, it does happen, but I, I'd be curious to know, like if somebody had an answer as to why the bears down here, there's, there's far less, but yet far more maulings. You know, winter is a great time to get stocked up, geared up and dialed in for this coming hunt, hunting season coming up in 2021. So I want to save you guys some money. And first off, let's start with Hoffman Boots. Hoffman Boots are the boot of choice at the Western Huntsman. And it used to be, Hoffman Boots used to be like this little North Idaho secret with their hunting boots. But these boots are great boots. They won't cost you as much as some of the other top name brands out there, but they are every bit as good. And to save it even a little bit more money, I want you to type in the promo code Huntsman10 to save you 10% off at checkout. Now, I got to give you a fair warning real quick up front with Hoffman Boots. They're they're like six weeks out right now on orders uh, because everybody is jumping on the Hoffman Boot train and you should too. Next, I got Scree Gear, Extreme Mountain Gear. This high-performance hunting attire and gear is specifically tested for camel patterns throughout the North American continent and it's backed by a great company. Guys, Scree has a great history. I tested this gear all last season, and I put that gear through the ringer up and down, left and right, to and fro. Save you a little bit of money. Use promo code THEWESTERNHUNTSMAN at checkout to save you 15% off and free shipping. That's a hell of a deal. Check out Scree Gear. ScreeGear.com. It'll be in the show notes. Last and certainly not least, Phelps Game Calls, the choice, the selected call company of the western huntsman officially for 2021 guys there's some uh, 
Big things happening with Phelps Game Calls, and I can't say enough good things about this company. What a story. Started in a just like this workshop, and now it's one of the premier hunting call companies out there on the market. And if you haven't tried Phelps Game Calls, you're really missing out. You you really are missing out on those diaphragm elk reads. Uh, they are amazing, and they will. The amp frame is an absolute game changer. Check it out at Phelps.com and use promo code Huntsman10 at checkout to save you 10%. Let's get back into the conversation, guys. Thank you to our sponsors, and thank you for supporting our sponsors. Here we go. Um, so my theory, here's my theory. Okay. We have 300. We have 365 million acres in Alaska. Our population is like 700,000. Yeah. So, and our, like, if you look at the map of Alaska, 90% of it is not accessible by road. I know. I've looked at maps. So it's insane. But you look at it and you're like, well, I wonder if they're just not used to people and they really want nothing to do with you where your bears, you know, they're used to people maybe. And you have to take out, like, I know that these people – they they come from these big urban areas into somewhere like Yellowstone, and they think that the grizzly mm-hmm. bears they they act like it's kind of a zoo, you know, whether it's oh. a bison or a grizzly <laughs> bear, and they get their big fancy cameras and try to get all close and take pictures, and then they end up getting mauled or stomped by a bison. Right. Um, That's you know, foolish. so that that I think is it can be even even if you took those statistical numbers out, I still think there's more maulings here because we had one in North Idaho. I want to say it was last year. Uh, yep, this last was. season, we had we had a couple mm-hmm. hunters get uh, get mauled um, by a yep. sow, and uh, it, it's funny too because I was actually hunting in that area like a week mm. before that, and I had I I wouldn't have thought there would have been a grizzly bear there, and, and so I think that's part of the other the the other side of it. Like um, we generally know the grizzly range in in Idaho, right, and in Montana, mm-hmm. the the Montana hunters generally know the grizzly range. Uh, but man, those suckers can wander. Um, so oh yeah, you, you know you just never know. But anyway, yeah. no, that's a well, whole that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> right. It's interesting to me that on the river where we bait, there are between six and eight of us within five miles, and then we have to be a mile away from a cabin. So you know, at mile six, there's a cabin. So we, there's six to eight of us every year. Well, I don't see the same bears that mile five does you know, five mm-hmm. miles up. So it's really interesting to like, oh, just, you know, maybe even a mile and a half away from us. It's like, wow, I've never seen that bear. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's really interesting. So. Super interesting. I, I, yeah. You can, like I said, we, we can make a whole podcast episode out of that kind of stuff. Uh, right. Just like behavioral <laughs> well, there's some stuff. People, I'm always geeking out on it. Yeah. Well, there's some people when they bait, they, they don't understand like um, there's boar and sow ranges. So they'll be like, well, I'm just stuck with all these sows with cubs. Move a mile. That's all you got to do is move. That's move a good one little, mile. That's, that's a good tip. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put that together. Yeah. So, so this is the way I explain it to people, and people might find this funny. But you know, if if an area has been bred out and the boars know that, they're not going to come looking for, you know, a piece of action. Yeah. It's just like going to a strip club with pregnant women. You know, you're not going to take them home, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, some people but might. Just move a mile. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's a <laughs> fetish for you guys, but I don't know. <laughs> no, not in Idaho. No. So, Arkansas. Oh, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I want to. <laughs> um, 
let's talk about kind of what you were just implying there. Let, let's talk about uh, – under the under the discussion of what what are some mistakes what what are some that you see when when people are going out uh, on a bear hunt they're using bait uh, what what are like some of the like the top three mistakes these these uh, folks are making too much human scent so I like to cut a trail that is a horizontal Y you walk in you put your stand to the south and then walk straight back out to that Y take your stand and put it or not your stand, but your barrel and put it to the, to the north. So when you look at that Y on the ground, you do not want to walk inside that Y. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's only two trails. So it forks. Yeah. It forks. Uh, You got your point where it forks and you've got the, the one trail that where you set your bait and then walk yep. straight back to the Y yep. uh, and then over to on the one other trail back to your, yep. your uh, stand or whatever you're using. I uh, Yeah. So the more human scent you have in your baited area, the less likely a mature bear is going to come into. You'll get the you'll get the younger ones. How but how long does that scent linger in your experience on a bear? Like you've you've walked a trail. How how soon after if a bear is going to cross that trail and not spook from the scent? So I like to wear rubber boots, um, but they can still smell. And I've read this, you know, years and years of talking to old timers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's they can smell for up to 14 hours where you have stepped. I don't remember where I read that, but I've kind of gotten to the point where I believe that, you know, it's at least 10 hours. Because if we bait in the morning, we can hang up a bear real quick. We can we can have them hanging out there and they will not commit. Okay. So if we, you know, if we go in at seven in the morning, bait, come back you know, and want to sit at night, some of them will still get hung up. But it oh. isn't just where your boots have been. It's, it's, you know, the human scent off your pants. It could be anything. So kind of, um, okay, actually, I'll just leave that there. You, you, the the scent is is one of your, your biggest mistakes. Uh, and, and I like that. Why idea? Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty smart. What, what so the, the second mistakes? thing I, so the second thing I notice is the first soak of your bait, it doesn't matter if that barrel is completely empty. Get in your stand and sit down. Do not walk around. Don't check your camera. Just get up there and sit down. You know, and a lot of people, I tell people to stick those bear, stick um, sticks or big, you know, um, something in the bottom of the barrel so that they can tell that those sticks have been moved from a distance. So that means that means you've been hit. So just get in your stand and sit down. The first time you sit, sit down. Don't walk near your bait. Don't go check the camera, nothing. Because they're used to coming in with you not being there. Yeah. And, you know, if you take a spray and you spray it from your tree stand, you know, just maybe freshen it up a little bit. I mean, that that sprayer goes a a little ways. I mean, it's not going to be. And plus, if you're sitting in your stand, you have a handgun or something. You have a weapon. Yeah. But, you know, so that's what I recommend is just that first sit. Let it, you know, bait your station. Let it soak for four to seven days. Come in, sit down. Don't touch anything. Hmm. And I know a lot of people get that. Oh, I gotta check my camera. I know that's that's what's going through my mind as you're saying that. It's like I I'm I'm obsessed with trail cameras. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so like that that would be that would be kind of problematic for me. But I right. guess I guess I, I don't know. There's that it makes perfect sense because I mean it's it would kill the hunt if you're if you're just going over there and throwing scent all over the place for sure. So so here's the third. 
Okay. So you can, if if you're that antsy about your camera, start a burn. And I sell a attitude adjustment burn, and it's a simmer. And you can set it at the bottom of your tree stand or whatever. I hang it off a rifle rest in a two-gallon galvanized bucket. But it's it doesn't smoke like a honey burn. So, I mean, bears typically don't run into a fire. They're real apprehensive when you've got a real honey burn going. Mm-hmm. This is just like a vapor. So it, if you want to check your camera, you better you better have a, a, a burn going afterwards. And you but sell, you they sell come those? in. Yes. And they come into that product because it, it really saturates the area. And they they don't typically mess with it. They just want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's going to cover your scent anywhere. Okay. And if the wind's in your favor, even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a mini buffet bear attract. Where's where's the burn at on the way? The burn is down the, in the yeah, it's down there. Down at the oh yeah, this yeah. is just attitude adjustment. <laughs> yeah. There's, There's a long list of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. You've got you've got quite yeah. the uh, repertoire here. Well, I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and let's see. only in the winter though. Yeah, well, we all do, right? Right. I research yeah, everything. So. Okay. So those are your those are your. Let's recap the top three there. Uh, we're talking okay the scent trail. So making a Y coming in one trail to the uh, bait, bait barrel and the other trail, you know, after you backtrack back to the Y, the bottom of the mm-hmm. Y, back over to your stand. That way you're just reducing the amount of scent. And if, if you do want to check your camera, you know, just throw one of those scent. Uh, what did you call it? It's called attitude adjustment. Attitude adjustment. It's a little burn that yeah. you set like at the bottom of the tree or something like that just to kind mm-hmm. of offset the, the, the smell. Well, um, it's just the product. you got to put it all together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then, and then we talked about, uh, what was the second thing again? That it was that the not checking your camera. Right. So just get in your stand and sit and just get in your They're stand used and sit. to you not being there. Yeah. Is there, is there, you take, do you have like a recommendation height of uh, your tree stand or is there, is there like a rule of thumb there? Uh, that's up to you if you're bow hunting or rifle hunting. So, um, like ours is 27 yards from the bait. Okay. And we are, I think it's an 18-foot ladder stand. But we've been on the ground. We've been. And cut in your shooting lanes. You know, get comfortable. Get your get your stand put in when you're, when you're opening your bait. And make sure you've got no twigs in the way. Because we got caught by a pecker bull. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that bear just scoot, scooted right behind it. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the the smallest because I'm I'm mainly bow hunting, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just stupid limbs have ruined more days for me. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. When when you're talking about setting in the stand, what would you recommend in terms? I hear most people when we're talking bear hunting, they're saying late afternoon, evening is best. Do you have a take on that? I'm an early evening. Your early evening. So like yeah. when you say my, early evening, like an last, hour before yeah. sunset. Oh, see, we don't have darkness. Oh, that's true. Yeah, how do you work yeah. that? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> huh. Yeah, so in June, we're 24 hours of daylight. But, like, my last bear was in by 7 p.m. And your we last, watched your, it. Say I, that last part again. Your last bear was what? The last bear I shot last year in June, he came in with another uh, boar, and it was about 6.20 in the evening. 
So, I mean, I would have had plenty of daylight to shoot him even if I was in another state. So, yeah. but yeah. it was, he was on the ground by seven. Okay. So, but I'm an early evening person because it's like that, that, um, I don't know how to explain. Just when it starts getting dark is when they're like, okay, it's time. You know, because yeah, exactly. in the fall, when we, when we bear hunt, they come out right before dark. It's crazy because all the bears that I've seen, um, well, I take that there, there's, there's been two that I've seen in the morning. One was right off a mm-hmm. road, uh, that I don't, I don't know what the hell he was doing, but anyway, um, and, and the other one was North Carolina, uh, when I was stationed mm-hmm. out there in the military, they uh, were doing this, this Humvee training, right? And you have to learn how to drive the Hummer with the night vision goggles. Cause it messes with your perception. It's pretty fun. Um, okay. <laughs> and you, you end up rear-ending the guy in front of you a few times, and you get rear-ended a few times as you're cruising down the roads at dark. Well, then the training, you know, it starts getting light, and uh, that's where I saw like six bears run across the road um, on Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And it was, you know, they're they're a lot smaller out there. Um, I, I just I thought they I actually thought they were big raccoons at first, but no, they were bears. And and there was like six oh, of wow. them. Yeah, they go trucking across the road right at sunup. But anyway, the point is, is those two times aside, I only see these things in late afternoon, early evening. Um, you know, like three o'clock on is when I've seen most of the bears. So what you could do is with your cameras, you can pattern them, mm-hmm. just like they're going to pattern you too for when you rebate and when you sit. So. Because of that, too. You know, one question, one question that always runs through my mind when, when I've, I've – because I've, I've been watching videos on baiting, and, and I've talked to a few different people about baiting a bear. And, de- like, what do they – in your opinion, what do they think? What Like, this food is just kind of – do they know somebody's coming up, putting that food oh, in yeah, there? Oh, yeah, they know. They know. Oh, yeah, they so know. They're, so yeah. they're extra cautious as it they're depends. coming in. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes they'll bed down if your if your uh, bait is empty, and they know you're coming at a certain time. They'll go out there and lay down. That sounds like and then my it's dog. nothing. Yeah, it's nothing to come out of your station. You know, do your thing, go home, whatever you got to do, and then come back and check your camera. And it's like, wow, <laughs> that was only ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're okay. definitely and and they will lay down. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. just wait. Yeah, I've seen and, I've seen truck cam videos where they're just sleeping right there on the bait barrel, like like they're just hanging out waiting. So yeah, four years ago I I had an 18 minute hunt. Really? Day. Oh yeah. So we baited in the morning, and my girlfriend and I, um, she we were up by Squintna, and uh, she was in town getting supplies, and you know she's like, hey, you want to hunt tonight? And I was like, dude, I sat all all, all last night and shot a grizz. Like, I don't want to do this again. So she's like, well, I want a grizz. And I was like, fine. If it's brown, it's yours. If it's black, it's mine. Because I hadn't shot a black bear yet mm-hmm. at, that year. And so she was like, okay, deal. So we literally load up in the boat, leave the husbands across the river. And uh, we walk in there. And she's like, well, I'm going to get up in the tree stand. So I'm like, all right. Well, I had sat this bait for five days. And I was looking down in there. And I didn't have a sidearm with me. I just had my rifle. And I hunt with a 338 RCM. Cause I know what's hunting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. anyway, I, wa- I walked in there and I'm like, there's a shadow, but I'm like, man, this is really weird. Like something's up there. That's not supposed to be. And you know, you get that feeling in the back of your neck and it's like, Oh man, you just so I'm know. Looking up at her. You just know. Yeah. yeah. I know something wasn't right. 
So I was freshening up a bait. And uh, it was funny because I looked up at her and I poked, I pointed at my eyes and pointed at her. And I was like, do you see anything? And she's like 55 yards away. And she's like, nope. And I'm looking and I'm like, shit, she shoots with a patch over her eye because she's wrong eye dominant, whatever. Uh-huh. And then she wears glasses. She doesn't have her glasses on. And I'm like, she can't see shit. <laughs> you know, so I'm screwed. And so literally I'm like, I'm getting the hell out of here because I knew something was up there. And so I came in and I came down the hill and got up in the got on the ladder because they had this like extended ladder. <laughs> it, they have a crazy setup up there. Mm-hmm. So I literally sit down in their lawn chair in this in this uh, stand. And no sooner did I look up and here comes this sow. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I could have died. You know, it was a grizz. Sow? So. No, no, it was a black bear. Oh, gotcha. So she's like, oh, it's black. And I was like, well, we can let it walk. And she's like, no, you know, let's let's go ahead. So I took a shot. And it was funny because you can hear across the river because if there's not a cabin within a mile of it on the opposite side of the river, you can hunt it. Okay. You can have a bait. So okay. that's the rigs up here. But um, so anyway, I hear the guys like, woohoo. And so I had shot a grizz the night before. So I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be a big tax derby bill. So, <laughs> but it was funny because my husband, she ran over and got him with the boat. I stayed at the stand there. And uh, she, they come walking up the trail. And he's like, so which one of you shot it? Which one's got the tax derby bill? And I was like, we do. <laughs> so oh, he was geez. not happy with me. Yeah. Two bears and two nights. It gets but, pricey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Hmm. So. But yeah, she was she was a good, great height on her man. She was gorgeous. She had like six inch long hair. God, that's crazy. How big yeah. are your black bears up in Alaska? Out of curiosity, like average. You know what's? Everybody thinks they're huge, but like the <clears throat> Prince of Wales, the Prince William Sound bears, they're just bigger. Uh-huh. Um, they they're more girthier. Where our our interior bears and and whatnot, um, you know, our average bear is probably five and a half. Okay. You know that's. That will come in on bait. I mean, with no problem. But like the bigger ones, like the seven footers, they take a couple. They take a couple days to coax in. Huh. And they're very leery. But you know, and it's like, let's talk about sins here for a minute. But like, so many people are stuck on this anise, and that's that black licorice smell. And it's a number one, number one um, uh, baiting lure. But there's so many other scents out there to pique their curiosity. And these mature bears, they're used to that scent. They know what that scent is. They'll come to a bait. But if they've been educated on that scent, he's not coming in. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of people that I see this anise pack and I'm like, man, you need to mix that up. But that's just my opinion. Let's talk about some of that for a minute because um, Mm -hmm. let me get back on this on the website here. I'm going to go to bear attractants. So, okay, you're running your dog food or, you know, if some people are, like you said, doing popcorn. And I even know a guy that was uh, running, he, he was getting all the donuts from some factory. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is quite the setup there. Uh, and I'm sure that worked pretty well. But, um, okay, you got you got somebody that's, uh, they've got a barrel. They got some dog food or whatever else they're putting in there. Uh, walk us through some of the scents that are on your website here. Like I, I see... Uh, mini buffet bear attractant pack and and the bear baiting oh anise bear baiting mega starter yeah. pack yeah that's the mega starter that's the one that the diehard wants that you know I ain't changing my mind that's uh-huh. that guy 
Okay. But, okay. So I, I use three things to set up a bait. And that is, and I call it bag, B-A-G. You want something on your barrel. You want something in the air. And you want something on the ground. You want ground cover. Okay. So my barrel is coated with either a smear paste or tar. Like this my, bear tar quart stuff you've got? Yep. It's fantastic. It's high viscosity. It, it And it goes a long ways. Okay. But it will make a mess real quick. So if you start, and I tell people this all the time, don't put your scent right at the bait. You know, you can go out 50 yards. You can bring them in. You know, you can put your ground cover. I don't care what you use. If it's powdered sugar, make your trails. They'll come in with their heads down. They're not looking onto the trees at, at you. So, so what do you, you maybe smear some of that on like a on a, a tree limb or something like that around? Mm-hmm. Do you in multiple spots or just like one spot yes. where you know? No, multiple. So Be- you can take that smear paste, which is in a four ounce container, and you can just literally poke twigs in it. You know, like you can just walk down a trail and poke the twigs right into the jar and keep going. But aren't you putting off a bunch of scent and getting off that white trail when you're doing that? Or are you just doing that like when you initially set up the barrel? Those bears know what the barrel is. Okay. Okay. So if you smear some on the hole of your barrel, on the lid of your barrel, you're good to go. It, it, a little goes a long ways. Okay. You just want that scent on their paws to, to go out and make scent trails. Oh, and that's for other I bears to find your, yeah. yeah, that's for other bears to find your bait stations. So once they see that barrel or that cribbing, they know exactly what's there. But I like to go out and catch and pique their interest 50 yards out, making my own trails where I want them to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't always want them to come in from behind me. Yeah. You know, so. That's usually what happens to me. And <laughs> right. When I'm calling Just turn your stand. <laughs> no, mm. I'm kidding. But so I want something smeared on the barrel. I want something hanging in the air. I don't care if it's a scent rag. I don't care if it's a scent ball. I don't care if it's yo-yos. Is that in this, you know, like this scent ball that you have here? It looks like it's in this bag. Yep. Eight pounds. Eight pounds scent ball. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. You can cut the bottom out of the bag and it'll last you a long time because the rain ain't getting on it. So I don't you know just what the regulations the whole, are. You just like tie the whole bag onto a, a limb or something. I tie it between two trees on a rope or a cable. With a loop knot in the middle because those little sons, bitch, and cubs will get up there and they'll pull it from one side to the other. <laughs> and they will eat it. They will devour it. Mm-hmm. So okay. I like to do the loop knot and keep it in the middle. But gotcha. up here, I hang mine about 12 to 14 feet off the ground. So we don't want the, the – I've literally seen a grizz shatter one. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm like, wouldn't, how? Wouldn't surprise I've me. I've busted my toe with one of those. So, yeah, they're heavy. And they're hard. Okay. So So ground cover? Ground cover? Yep. Ground cover, you just want something in front of your barrel. And then you can go make your own scent trails. And keep in mind, a bear can smell 2,100 times better than we can. So it only takes a little bit. And what are you using for that? You can use Bruins Brunt. You can use gel balls. You can use Fatal Draw. You can use spray. Smear paste, 100% weatherproof, bear bedding, yo-yos. Um, oh, the, here's the sprays. Okay. Bear tractant mm-hmm. spray. So, like, you, are you saying you maybe you spray that on the ground around the barrel? You can, where you're walking. Yep. And then, so, and then you try and to get it on the bottom of your shoe and walk a little bit or what? No. You don't want anything on your shoes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. No. You, oh. can, you can do drag cords, but don't walk the same trail. Okay. You don't want – yeah. But, see – and See, I, I told is, you I was a rookie with this. 
Oh, it's okay. You'll <laughs> get it. And you'll probably get a bear. I hope so. So, um, yeah, so you can take the, there's some bags on the website there and there, uh, there's a red bag or there's a gold bag or there's a, uh, black bag. Those are all ground cover scents too. Gotcha. They're just different. Yeah, each one's different. So let's say we've got a hunter, uh, you know, in Idaho or Montana or, you know, Washington, somewhere down here. Um, and, and they're, they just kind of want to get the whole setup, which, which one, cause you've got, you've got like these packages here. Right. So I would go with the, the mini buffet pack. The mini buffet bear attractant yep. pack. Okay. It gives you, yep. It I'm gives you a spray. It. it gives you a ground cover. It gives you a scent ball and it gives you a tar. Number two, Bruin. What is the Bruin's brunt? That's a ground cover. Okay. It's, it's just something you shake on the ground. Couple, you know, teaspoon here, teaspoon there. You'd mentioned earlier that, um, and and we'll come back to this here, uh, the because I want to go through this mini buffet bear attractant pack. Um, it's it's pretty cheap too. Like that's that's really not bad. Uh, Plus free shipping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'd, you'd mentioned earlier talking about, okay, you can be setting on your, your bait, your barrel, um, and, and also kind of throw in some calling. Can you talk about that? Oh, for absolutely. A minute? Yeah. What, do you do so that? You can use, oh yeah. Yeah. We've done it before. What kind of calls do you use for that? I use a Fox Pro. Oh, okay. So and you, it's usually, yep. So it's a, usually a calf call. It's say that one more time. It's a what, what call? The, the calf call. Okay. The moose calf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've used before, but it brings in grids. <laughs> Does it, but it'll bring in black bear as well, right? Oh yes. Yeah. It'll bring in black bears, but uh, my experience is always grids. I, cause I, I use a, a fawn in distress call, but it's a mouth call. It's not an electronic call. And, and, oh, that's, that would work. Yeah. I, I should probably just say to anybody listening, you know, depending on what state you're in, make sure, uh, whatever mm-hmm. type of call, especially those electronic calls, make sure they're legal in your state and your unit and all that kind of stuff. Cause they, uh, they get pretty fussy sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. okay. And, and when you're doing that, how, how long are you calling? Let's say you got your, you got your Fox pro going, you're sitting there, the barrels, you know, uh, ready, primed up, ready to go. Uh, and, and you crank that Fox pro going, do you, do you let that thing just run for like 30 minutes straight or. Oh, 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. 30 to 40 minutes. Are, do you find yeah. that. That's that's what kind of the the ticket is for for calling in a bear. I wouldn't say it's the ticket. I know the last time that we used it, we had a sow with four cubs come in, so it was like, okay. ooh, <laughs> yeah, this isn't what we wanted. But no, you know, no. yeah, so, still cool. I I have a yeah, it's real I have cool. a I have like a huge passion for calling in animals. I love I love that's mm-hmm. why I hunt elk that way. I you know, uh, I've, I've I've done it with deer. Um, and I've got quite the history with calling in coyotes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, anyway, hasn't worked for bear or, uh, not bears, wolves yet, but, um, so cool. What else, what, like, what, what else would you recommend? Uh, have we missed anything like major that a beginner beginning black bear hunter would need to know, uh, from your perspective on this? Let's back up to the wolf with the calling. Okay. Okay. So wh- how, how do your elk like do the wolves chase your elk down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. So why not try an elk call? Well, that's I've actually had wolves respond uh, using exactly. a cow call, 
And, yep. but, but they wouldn't come out. They wouldn't, they, they just like, okay. it was the craziest thing too. I, I actually, I was hunting elk, right. And I just started hitting some cow calls, uh, mm-hmm. to see, you know, if I'd get a response or whatever, if there's a bull in the area and, and it's like these two younger wolves started howling back and, and it wasn't like a howl. It was like yipping almost, but that mm-hmm. real eerie wolf sound, you know, the kind that makes the back your, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up kind of sound. And, okay. and it's like, they were talking to each other. And so I kept cranking on the cow call and they would respond and they were getting closer and closer and closer. And then it was like suddenly from further back, this older, wiser wolf chimed in with this real deep moany howl thing and they disappeared uh, like aliens abducted them. They were gone because um, I, oh, I never wow. did have an, a visual on them. But what my theory was, was like that uh, that that older wolf picked up on the fact that uh, whether he caught my scent or she mm-hmm. uh, they, they caught my scent or or maybe something funny in the way I called or or something where it was like it tipped that wolf off and he was tipping the younger wolves off that were a little bit more enthusiastic and yeah. and they they got out of there so it's fake <laughs> yeah it's like no 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 don't yeah. go up there it's yeah. a hunter because I, I had a bow yeah. but I, I also had wolf tags and and I had a I had I, I don't remember which one I think I had my 45 on me um okay. I'd have dropped those wolves if they'd come out because I, I had like six wolf tags or five wolf tags something like that uh-huh. and I was excited I I seriously I thought I thought I was going to have a bunch of them come out on me and I was just going to start uh, throwing lead at him, but it just didn't happen. It didn't materialize because that smart one was with him. I wish the smart one would have just stayed down lower. See, our mo- or our wolves up here respond to cow calls and bull grunts. Do they respond to? Do you, do you ever howl at them? Like use a wolf howler kind of sound? No, so, I've never hunted wolves. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've hunted wolves a lot, but I've never shot one. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm. I'm not ready for that adventure yet. I'm still working on links. Yeah, no, and and let's talk about the trap. We got a lot of trappers that listen to this show. Let's talk. Can we talk oh, a, wow. a little bit of trapping lures for a minute? Well, um, there was you had another question before I interrupted you about the wolves. Oh yeah, I did. I'm, I'm you know what? I'm glad you're here to keep me on track because I sure as hell. Won't. It's okay. And now uh, we were talking about anything else that we missed, like if we have some beginner uh, bear hunters that are using bait this year for the first time, that like. Do you feel like we missed anything that they would need to know? You feel like it's important for them to know? One thing that I get a lot of is people calling saying, hey, I had bears and now I have none. You need to look at what what's happening in the environment. And that could be calves are dropping. It could be berries are coming on. Acorns are dropping. I mean, that's more fall. But, mm-hmm. you know, in your in your spring, you know, is the vegetation coming on? You know, you got to remember these bears got to get their stomachs going. So they'll come in, check it out more out of curiosity before they'll eat. So, but once, once they get their guts going and that, that's why I say be by water, you know, it isn't just for the beginning of the season. You want to, you want that water there so that they can even go get a drink after they gorge themselves. That's a, but it's, you make it really, it's very important to, yeah, it's very important to watch the environment, what's happening. Because like in May, here when the calves start dropping, everything disappears. Mm-hmm. But it's only for a week and a half. And mm-hmm. is it breeding season? Are they going to be courting each other? Are they going to be running together? You know, so you know, all of a sudden you have no bears, and then it's like, oh shit, now there's like three or four at a time. You know, so if, well, well, if that happens, what your suggestion is is just to give it a week and then and then come back. You think? Not, or? No, you can you can still sit it. I mean, your chances of you know a uh, 
a born a sow courting, you know, then then you get a 50 50 chance, you know, which one you want. Mm-hmm. But um, or both if you're hunting with a buddy, but or how many tags you have. But um, it's just watch the environment and what's happening around you. And that's, you know, the breeding, the dropping a cab, everything's they they tend to go back to uh, what nature intended them to be. So it, bait isn't top on their priority list. Okay. You know, that's good so advice. Actually, is, I, I would have yeah. never thought of that. Yeah. Huh. I get that a lot because it's like, oh, I had, I had like ten bears last week, and now I got nothing. And yeah, it's I've, like, well, I, and I've heard people say that. It's that I, time of year. What What if? Yeah. Uh, do, let's say we've got somebody that's had a had a barrel set out, and they've they've had the bait and the scents and everything else on there. Um, and it's been like two weeks and they have yet to see a bear. Is it time to just move on? Or is there, is there a certain amount of time that goes by without having any bears on your camera where you say, no, this, this spot sucks. It's time to move on. So there's a lot of people that get in that situation where, um, you know, typically they might have seen like a little bit of sign. Maybe it's just a quarter where they're passing through. They're not going to hang out. So, but, um, you know, if, if it's been, I would say three weeks or longer than move. Time and I know this. Yeah. I mean, what the season's season's pretty much three months, just about anywhere. besides Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I mean, like Idaho for, for North Idaho, it's April 15th through June 30, but there's some units that close like the end of May uh, or the right. first week of earlier. June or something a little bit earlier. So right. anywhere from a month and a half to two and a half months, basically for spring bear. And then they open back up in the fall. I would be checking out the people, your neighboring baits, you know, not that you can go disturb them or whatnot, but I would be asking them, hey, have you had any activity or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, it's, I don't know, I probably get a half a dozen phone calls like I haven't gotten a bear. There's not even a bear there, you know, and then I'm like, do you have a camera? You just like spray perfume on the other bait barrels or something no right? you, can't do do that. No. <laughs> you can't you can't do that i'm kidding I, folks do not take that little yeah. out there. <laughs> that's very unethical <laughs> so um but yeah so there there really isn't a time frame because some bears like it depends on your location are you are you close to the dens where they're getting flooded out early um you know because some people get hit, hit real early and then some people don't get in until like mid-june mm-hmm. you know yeah, so, that, and that, that but, brings up another point, too. Oh, go ahead. Did I cut you off there? No, you're fine. Okay. Uh, another point. There, there's a lot of opinions as to whether you start uh, baiting and hunting hard in, like, late April versus early June versus mid-May. Um, do you, what's your take on that, or is that too regionally dependent to, to even be able to answer? My area? Mid-May. <laughs> Mid-May. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah, I we well most I think I think that's pretty consistent with what what uh, the people that actually get bears here uh, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty much what they say. Right. Yeah. Well, and some some later later breakups, um, like up here, our bait is rocking the first week of June with browns and and blacks. So, like, you're you're literally shooing bears off as you come in to sit down. <laughs> but they it, they'll literally come back in 15 yeah. 20 minutes later. Just kind of so. wait for a minute and they'll they'll just be like mm-hmm. okay, they left. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, and there's a there's a funny thing cuz like a lot of people don't understand like if you're hunting with a buddy and you got two four-wheelers and you go in and you spook one off that you can literally have like one person can get up in their stand 
and then have the other guy drive out. And this works on the river too. If you have, you know, just start up your boat and act like you're going to leave and then walk in quietly, you know, like the guy comes back in on foot from the, the theory, familiar. the theory being that yeah. the bear is sitting there listening and, and they've learned yep. or educated enough. Okay. They, they that dude drove they're off. Now smart. we're good. Yep. Huh. They're very smart. It's almost. And the, smart. That's what, yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. Well, we had one, it was about a three and a half year old cub. And, uh, the thing peeled bananas and really? left the peels, literally peeled them, sitting on a stump, peeling them. It did was you hilarious. Get, did you get that on like a, uh, on video or anything? I have trail. Yeah, I got to find them. They're, they're from like 2007. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. I'd I went love through, to see this. I went through a lot of computers since then. But yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> they're buried somewhere. I'm like, what are all these black things? And it was like, they're banana peels. Where's the bananas? And then we checked the camera. It was like. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's freaking nuts. They're so smart. Yeah, yeah. they are super so smart. smart. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, you know, I, the wolves are smart. The the bears are, you know, elk are a lot smarter than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Uh, That's my dream hunt. Do an elk hunt? Yep. Yeah, you got, you got to. I mean, you've, yeah. you've just got to. There, it's, it's, uh, that, the, the reason I started this podcast was because of elk hunting. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I, cool. I love elk hunting and, and it's, uh, usually what we're talking about, but I want to, I want to get everybody prepped up. There's a lot of enthusiasm this year for, for spring bear <laughs> for and, and, and especially, yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of them too. I'm, I'm like, I'm pumped. Uh, I went, so you also, go ahead. Here's another, here's another thing to think about is if you elk hunt, and you see your your population is dwindling, it probably has to do with bears and and wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're not hunting bears and you're not after wolves, then you need to start. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. That is uh, that is a huge underlying theme on this show. We we talk a lot about wolf management, uh, not as mm-hmm. much about bear management, but we probably should a little bit more. Uh, we've mm-hmm. had, we've had, uh, you know, people like Dr. Geist have come on the show and he talks oh, nice. about how the wolves come in and annihilate the ungulate populations down to a point where they're like just barely even sustainable. And that makes it yep. so the wolves are like, okay, we've, we've pretty much cleaned this area out. We're out of here. And, mm-hmm. and then the bears come in into those same areas and, and what they do uh, so that the ungulates cannot recover their numbers is they're so efficient at, at killing the calves during calving season that this it creates this predator trap. And so this little particular area, um, you know, whether it's like a, you know, I, I can't, he had like a really scientific name for like, you know, ec- ecological area or whatever, right. um, where, and he called it a predator pit. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's where there's no, there's no recovery of the wild game, the ungulates, you know, the deer, the elk, right. the, the whatever. Um, and, and so it's an interesting, it, you know, you can, you could follow that and see the facts behind what he's talking about and it's not hard to understand. And so that's, that's why we talk about wolf management so much on this show. It's not like we're anti wolves, uh, right. but we do need them managed down to a point that's, that's, uh, you know, feasible and sustainable for, for all the wildlife. So anyway, I, I went off on a tangent there. It's um, okay. Cause up here we had a, we had a study back in, I think it was like 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And it was where they collared these bears, these grizzly bears. And I, I believe there was like seven bears that ended up with their collar still on, but they had uh, GoPros on them and they would do 15 second clips. And yeah, one I've seen per- some of those. Yeah. Yeah. So one particular bear, which one of uh, the guides I work with ended up shooting this bear on bait. Um, it was tattooed, 
but he was <laughs> responsible for 17 calf kills in one in one he calving killed. season. Yes. And this is like a matter of like, I want to say June through August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was it's like short 90 time. days. Yeah. Short. Yeah. Time. And then, so he also killed swans. Oh, really? <laughs> he was ruthless. Yeah. He was ruthless. Hmm. But Interesting. you think of that's just one bear. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one. So it's like, yeah, 17 calves. So think about, and he, you know, if he if, didn't even eat them. I, well, that's what I was going to say. Like that, it's, yeah. it's almost too much food. Like, you know, that he's not eating yeah. all that, you know, it's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, that, but then throw wolves on top of them. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the wolves, because the wolves are taking out not just the the, the calves, the, the wolves are all over the the full grown elk and and deer, mm-hmm. uh, and moose. Uh, wolf packs right. are taking out moose like crazy down here yep. in Idaho. Um, so it was uh, we had, you know, uh, Idaho. It was it was quite the shock to the system when they were released here in the kind of they were initially released, you know, in central Idaho, and they kind of moved north and. Uh, you know, spanned out in every direction, essentially. But, you know, it was, a, it was a shock to the system here. The 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 elk didn't know they were supposed to get away from wolves. They, they'd never really been bothered by once they make it to adulthood. You know, it's 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 not super common for any other predator to to take out an elk. Right. Um, right. And, and so it just really wasn't a thing for them. And uh, but and so these these wolves, they, they just had a heyday on our elk numbers initially. And we had to actually call, uh, here in Idaho, one of the, one of the organizations down here had to call up a bunch of trappers up in Alaska to have them come down and teach, uh, Idahoans how to trap these wolves and, and so we can manage mm-hmm. them. Um, oh, cause yeah. it, they, they have, they've wreaked havoc on, on the landscape here for oh, yeah. sure. You know, and that's the thing with doing trapping moose and bear stuff is like, I've got the bear guys that don't like the trappers. I've got the moose guys that don't like the bear hunters. And it's like, why aren't we a collective whole and fighting for each other? No, we have you know, to be. Like, we have I ha- to be. Yeah. I can't convey that to people enough because if you ever see me go dormant on Facebook or Instagram, it's because I'm chasing something. And it's like SB 252 or mm-hmm. HR 8828, you know, with the con bears and leg holds that they're trying to get rid of. Oh, there's and been a like, shitload of them this winter, too. It's like wearing me yeah. out, um, you know, and, know, and everybody's sending me messages. Hey, did you hear about this bill in New Mexico and this one in California and this one in Washington and this one in Montana? And and it's like all over the place. And then the, the, the Pebble Creek mine up in Alaska, you oh, know, yeah. and and that's you, the, the point you made about how, you know, trappers and hunters – and you know whether they're bait hunting, whether they're uh, bow hunting, right. whether spot they're stock, you know say, spot and stock, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like we do have yeah. to be one big collective voice because we have so much opposition to this this lifestyle as a whole. Um, that you know the, these anti hunter, you know, psychotic freaking. I, I don't want to go too assholes. <laughs> these assholes <laughs> that think that they can dictate our lives. Because right. they disagree with the choice, you know. If if you reversed it, it's it's as wild as us saying, you know what? I don't agree with you being a vegan, and you need to stop being a vegan. Just sit down and eat that cheeseburger. Yeah, you know, it's it's that crazy. It's that crazy. <laughs> and and but but there's so many more of them than there are of us in terms of the the organized efforts to to get rid of trapping and hunting and 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 these right. things. And if we don't come together as as a collective whole, like you said, we're in trouble. Like hunting and fishing and and uh, well, not so much fishing, but 
hunting and trapping is in trouble. It won't be far off. It, yeah, it, it really won't be. It starts with like that yeah. bill that started in California. We've been talking about it yep. the last couple of episodes on the show here. Yep. You know, it's, that's that's how it starts. They'll they'll oh, we're gonna ban bear hunting in California, and then other states are gonna look at that. Other uh, anti-hunting organizations uh, based in Seattle. Uh, or other mm-hmm. places are going to start sticking their noses into into hunting, right? And they're going to be like, liberal well, leaning states. Y- yeah, and they're yep. going to be like, oh well, California banned bear hunting. We should do that here in Washington. Uh, and, and that's how it spreads. Have- it's like freaking coronavirus. This shit just uh, it'll start spreading like that, right? You know. Yeah. yeah but there's it- also that that fight within the community mm-hmm. of you know that people don't understand that the bear hunters and the wolf hunters are helping the moose and elk hunters, and it's like. Why are you bashing us? I know. You know, I the one thing I can't stand to seeing on a post is if you have to bait, you don't know how to hunt. I know. And I know. It's I've like, seen that. Do you know how many bears I'm responsible for, you know, just in the state of Alaska? You know, how many it's are you not, getting spot and stock? It's not super feasible in, like, in my area. I'll give you an example. And I know... That somebody listening to this is going to be like, oh, no, I do this every year. I know. I, I know. Get it. There's yeah. always a percentage of you that are superheroes, and, and you can do this this crazy stuff that I've never even heard of. Or mm-hmm. you really are that legitimately good at this, and, and you've got it down. You've got a system down. You're dialed in. I get it. But the majority of but you, not like, everybody's like, yeah, exactly. And and in the panhandle of Idaho, you're not you're just not having a lot of opportunity to spot and stock. It, it is mm-hmm. it, this this old growth coniferous type kind of forest up here. It looks like carpet from above. Uh, you you mm-hmm. don't there's not a lot of spot and stock opportunities. And um and so when, when you're talking about managing bears, you have to do it in some other way. That's why. Uh, bears are the only uh, big game animal in the state of Idaho that you can bait because the, the Idaho fishing game, they're not stupid. They know that in order to keep these bear numbers managed appropriately, we have to uh, have some kind of um, baiting. Yep. baiting and hounds, uh, all these things that can work in conjunction. I know it's annoying if you're sitting on a bear bait and then the hounds come up. You know, I, I know because I, 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 well, I, I haven't done that over bait, but I've been hunting bears and, uh, you know, using a call or something, and then all of a sudden I've got these hounds coming up the drainage, you know, because uh, they oh, okay. had, they, they sent it a bear. They, they knew there was a bear in the area, and, and they were after him, and the houndsman wasn't very far behind him. And that's frustrating, mm-hmm. but we have the same goal, and we're on the same team, you know what I mean? And right. so it, it just – that the whole thing of infighting amongst, you know, sportsmen, uh, to, just to put it, I guess, in one broad term – um, I, and I don't know. I don't know how to say that. I always feel like I'm getting in trouble. It, it, is the term sportsman because you you're a woman. Is that like offensive? No. Okay, I'm I'm just curious. Cause Not at all. <laughs> I got I got. I'm I one got of the reamed. guys. Uh, well, I got I got reamed for saying that to some some lady one time, and 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 I was just saying I was just using that same thing as sportsman. You know that we have to have this level of unification. Um, you know. <laughs> and she called you out on that. Yeah, yeah, and I and wow. and then I then I it was it was funny. Um, I it was the first time I heard this term, because I I came back and I explained. I, you know, I I didn't mean to be one way or the other with that. I I'm I'm just saying as as people who enjoy the uh, the the world of hunting and fishing and trapping, let's put it that way. You know, and I, I gave her this explanation, and then she said that I was mansplaining, and I didn't even know what that meant. Uh. I'm like, what the what the hell is mansplaining? <laughs> What That's does that great. mean? What does that mean? I don't care. Yeah, you know what? Whatever. The, the the there you go, digging in to this 
you know, creating these rifts amongst uh, your own people uh, that that these anti-hunting organizations are going to rip apart. So, anyways, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we got way off topic. Person, See what happens. Though. What's it, that? It only takes one person to say something bad, mm-hmm. and then they run with it. Yeah, totally. Totally, so, it's very true. So I I yeah. hate it. I can't stand that stuff. It, that stuff drives me crazy. But um, Get I want your I, damn high horse. <laughs> exactly. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, uh, most of it is just nonsense, but, uh, I want to get back to, I want to give our trappers some love, um, because okay. I'm, I'm, I just pulled up the tab. I know we're running a little <laughs> long here. I pulled up the trapping lure. Um, can, give us an lure. overview. Uh, yeah. What did I say? Did I call it something wrong? You said lure. lure. That's what I call it. Lure. Lure. Yeah. Whatever. It's a, you know, let's see. This is, you got a nice website. I try, but it's a little confusing at times. Ease of use. Okay, so g- give us kind of an overview of your uh, trapping lures, and uh, so like the trappers listening to this can can get a little love from us. I purchase stuff from all over the world for my trapping lures, and it is amazing because it actually got started by a guy who lives up in Fairbanks, who's been he's been a retired trooper, fishing game trooper. Mm-hmm. He's been. His name is Lance Dalkey. This guy's amazing. But he's now a detective. But he goes, you have a cast iron stomach, and I need you to make me something. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? So I have this nasty bore line, which has a lot of skunk in it, but it has glands in it as well. So he's like, I need you to make me the nasty bore in a trapping lure. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I can try it. And so he's like, but I don't want it in a glass jar. And I'm like, okay, what do you want it in? And he's like, I don't know, something different, something that's going to – this, that I can throw in my hot dog cooker, keep it warm. So I came up with these paint tubes. They're pretty easy to use, and it's better off to use them in the lower 48s because, you know, at 50, or well, I wouldn't say they trap at 50 below, but 30 below, I guess they kind of crack at the bottom. So anyway. Um, Are you talking about these white these white tubes kind of in the top the left tubes, corner? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, he got me started into this trapping crap. And I was like, I don't want to do this because it stinks. And like, he started sending me all this stuff and he's like, mix this, this, and this. And by the time I'm done with this, I'm like green. And I'm like, okay, so now what? And he's like, sell it. And I'm like, okay. So I started selling it. People started sending pictures of what they've gotten. And I'm like, holy shit, it really works. Yeah. You got a ton of testimonies on here. I didn't. And that's only the first two years. I haven't even added this year's. I mean, wow. people are up to 24, 25, 27 cats. And I'm like, Jeez. what are you talking about? Like, this really does work. It just doesn't work for me because I suck at traffic. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I literally, yeah, I, I I, just can't get the concept of it. And plus, I'm busy. So Yeah, that's been my biggest thing. You know, thing. it is what it is. Yeah, the time time yeah. is my biggest constraint for the I, I'd love to be, you know, I, that's what I was telling my wife. Like, if, if my podcast, if, like, it gets big to the point where right? I quit my job, I would totally become a trapper. I would quit Perfect. my day job, I'd do podcasts, and I'd hunt and I'd trap. My girls want to trap. I was so close. I was so close. Were you? <laughs> no, not at all. God, I just, it'd be, it'd be no, so, so much fun. Last year, I only ran two sets, and it was two snare sets. So I was like, I would drive 48 miles <laughs> just to get away. 23 below and I had become so complacent with trapping just like bear baiting be careful 
you know, because you can become complacent walking in all the time and not seeing anything there until one day you walk in and something's there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and so never become complacent while bear baiting because you have to watch your surroundings. you got to listen for those twigs breaking. Yep. You know, some bears will come in really quiet where you don't even see them. Others will come in barreling through. But I had walked into this cat set that I'd been in like every three days. So I was like, uh-huh. So I walk in and I'm like, where the hell is my snare? <laughs> and the whole place is tore up. And I'm just like, wait a minute, what? Like, it's not dawning on me at all. And so I'm like, this freaking lynx is like literally wrapped up in the branches. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, this is how it works. And I got really excited. And so I'm like, oh, I got to go get a hatchet to get him down out of the tree so I can get the snare off of him. Well, I had forgotten. My husband bought me the prior year. He had bought me like uh, wire cutters and all this shit for trapping. So I was like, oh, is that what these are for? (laughs) I had never seen it done. So I'm completely clueless. So it's quite funny because I had to do it all by myself. (laughs) That was a lynx? A lynx. Beautiful lynx in February. Yeah. So it was blue. So this, you've got uh, something called Curiosity Killed the Cat. Would that work for like bobcats? So I have sent stuff to the lower 48s for um, bobcat or cougars, whatever, you know, they're whatever cat they're after. Uh But I haven't gotten much feedback because I don't really promote it in the lower 48s. Um, You know, anybody, and I've heard this quite a bit, is that a, a lot of people that have used Gusto, have tried Dalky and like it and have had great results as to Gusto, which is something that's been on the market for 40 years. But, you know, I, I literally sat down and formulated these lures with people who have 50, 30, 20, you know, years of experience. I mean, wow. those lures have about 2000 years between them. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, this is 2000 years of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Bucktooth fever. I like that one too. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah no, that's a great it, you guys, lure. You guys need to whether hunting, trapping, you know, uh, that you, you need to jump on this website is betum907.com. Um, and you had mentioned we you got a you got like a promo code to give people ten percent off if listen to this. I do. It's Huntsman ten. Huntsman ten. Now some of these one things, zero yeah. Uh, some of these things get. Um, like you have to have the, the H in the Huntsman has to be capitalized. Is that the case on this one? Nope. Can just nope. be either way. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. So Huntsman yep. 10 gets you 10% off. Uh, how long are you going to run that for? Until you want me to say no. <laughs> Why? Well, Until hey. you make me mad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that might not no. take long. You're from Idaho. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, so I'm gonna put that in the show notes, guys, so you can jump on there and and uh, check out check out all the. I mean, there's tons of stuff on this website. You even have knives. You have um, the bear trap. I don't make the knives. <laughs> moose lures, um, which I don't know about that in the lower 48. Check with your rigs. So anyway, point being, there's tons of stuff for you guys to check out on there, and and uh, I'll have the promo code in the website. That's that's a that's a pretty good deal. So 10% off. Um, and, and basically did you, it's all like free shipping and stuff. Any order over $50 free shipping out of Alaska. Cool. That's but a hell of a deal. That does not include. Yeah. That doesn't include Canada. Can, Canada, Canadian orders pay exact shipping. So yeah, yeah. I can't afford to send. Yeah. Canada's yeah. got some weird shipping rules. I learned that why I, I actually sent Dr. Geist a t-shirt 
and mm-hmm. he's he's up in Canada, and uh, yeah, it was it was weird how we had to do that. Twenty five bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, like, yeah, I think you know, a PayPal is like sixty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So no, that's great. This is gonna. I, oh, go ahead. I have a guy who, um, well, he's actually a really good friend, even though I've never met him. But he calls every year, and we talk family stuff. But he's all the way over there in Newfoundland. And he literally will pay me to go get ammo cans to put the nasty boar ball in and ship it all the way to Newfoundland. And I'm like, wow. dude, your shipping is going to be like 600 bucks and your products are only three. So, so I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> cool. Hey, it works. Yeah. They got the yeah. money. You got the time, right? Exactly. I got all the time. That's yeah. right. I, I, so my. What's that? Everything just showed up today besides my strawberry. So. We're still waiting on that, but I have a new product coming out or a new scent line coming out with strawberries. So we're just waiting on that to arrive. Cool. And then it's balls to the walls. You'll add that to the website. I will when it gets here. Cool. Well, good deal. Well, man, that, uh, I'm I'm just on the knife. I I keep getting stuck on the website here reading stuff, so I gotta quit doing that. So <laughs> and you keep going back to the trapper knife? <laughs> well, no, not the knife. I I get I get plenty of oh. I don't I don't know about you, but I get more in inbox messages from people trying to sell me knives than anything else in the world. So um, yes. we're we're pretty good there. But uh, Jess, this has been an awesome conversation. I I appreciate you coming on the show. Um and and uh, you got any closing thoughts you want to offer everybody out there? I just want everybody to have a safe and successful season. I like it. So you heard it, yep. guys. Safe and successful season. If you want to help, if you're planning on baiting bears this, this year, uh, definitely jump on the baitem907.com website and use the promo code. That'll be that'll be cool. I appreciate you doing that code. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you. No, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. And let's let's keep in touch. Sure. Anytime. made it all the way to the end thank you so much for tuning into the show we sure appreciate your support this is jim huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at instagram at the western huntsman and on facebook at the western huntsman and you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com thanks again we'll see you guys next time stay western and i'll see you on the mountain